630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in this evening. It's 7.06 p.m. My name is Reed Wilkins. The show is Inside Sports. This portion of the show presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. So Eskimos Hamilton, uh, pardon me, Eskimos BC on Friday, 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff game at 7.30. They then host Hamilton next Friday, August 4th. Yeah, going to be fun coming up on uh, Friday night. Yakushev texting in. The Phelps versus the Shark was the worst TV since Geraldo opened Al Capone's vault. Yakushev, that is a very definite statement. There's a lot of bad TV out there, buddy. A lot of bad TV. Have you seen how many channels there are? There's got to be some pretty bad TV out there. How about this, Yakushev? Uh, the show that most failed to live up to the hype since Geraldo opened Al Capone's vault? Maybe that would fit better? I don't know. Uh, I mean, as much as we we love to play this theme song, the final show of every week, The Littlest Hobo was a pretty bad TV show. It was after the first couple of seasons. Oh, you're, now you're separated. Well, no, no, no. How the many first, seasons the first were couple of seasons, they had some decent guest stars in from the States. Like, granted, they were like B or C list stars and that stuff. But, you know, after season two, they had to push the Canadian content, right, because of the laws changing and whatever. And so you got, you know, Norm <laughs> from love- Halifax is the guy who's in trouble. And- I love how deeply you're able to analyze Lilith Sobel ep- episodes. I mean, it was it was a kid's show. It was a kid's show. God, my dad hated that show. But I used to make him watch it. It's still on to this day, which is weird. Yeah, what channel is it on? Like, everywhere. Well, like, it's literally not, it's everywhere. It's not on TSN. <laughs> no, no, got it's on, not. It's on but, Sportsnet. But, you it's know, not, like, like CTV2, for example. Like, or do they show could, Littlest Hobo? Yeah, probably on weekends, like, after well, hours. Don't say probably. You just said it's on everywhere. <laughs> you can't say that it's you gotta like this. you got to go for the guide, but guaranteed it's on, on weekends somewhere. Because no. we get like 400 channels now on each cable package. How many right? different so. dogs played the Littlest Hobo? No, like seven, I think. That's what. Again, you're just throwing <laughs> things out there. Like, it's okay to say I don't know, but I'm interested in finding out. Ah, uh, Kellen. Uh, what else? There's another good text I wanted to read. Hey, Reed. I wonder who the first team the Vegas Knights are going to beat and how many games they will have to play before they win one. Wonder what the odds are for that. Well, we'll just make random July predictions right now. I I say the Vegas Golden Knights will win their second game against the Arizona Coyotes. They start in Dallas on Friday the 6th uh, of October, obviously. They play in Arizona the next night. I say they will win that game. And then I say they will win the return engagement, their home opener, October 10th against Arizona. I say the Vegas Knights will start 2-1. and and I say they beat Dallas. You're so they'll win, the they win their game. opening yeah. game. All yeah. right. There we go. Uh, I wonder if there are odds on that. There probably are. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063.
Uh, all right. Somebody just sent in a text that I think is funny, but I think they might have left a word or two out, so I don't want to read it because I think the uh, context is ruined. Anyway, you know, it, it, much, much more serious note here. I want to get to this because uh, a, a medical journal today released a, a study of deceased NFL players' brains, and they found that 110 of the 111 brains had CTE. That's that neurodegenerative brain disease that they're finding in, uh, you know, that they've found in a lot of ex-athletes, um, you know, because of the concussions and the head impact and all that kind of stuff. And it can lead to some serious problems, like among other things, but memory loss, confusion, depression, and anxiety. So they had 111 brains, 110 were positive for CTE. And oddly enough, we had former Edmonton Eskimo Jed Roberts in studio last night. His dad, Jay, played in the CFL, and Jed had this memory of his dad. First CFL player and uh, former CFL player to donate his brain to, to concussion research because I remember having conversations with him in, in the early 2000s, and he, he knew something was wrong, and he couldn't figure out what it was. And I think a lot of the behaviors that he'd had in his life, you know, he struggled with alcohol and... Um, they would make some pretty puzzling decisions, tell the same stories over and over again. Um, and he knew, he knew there was something on. And so right around the same time when Bennett O'Malley, the surgeon, was doing the uh, the concussion research, he'd, he'd examined Mike Webster's brain. My dad read that like when he yep. produced that uh, and, and he wrote that paper for the journal, the medical journal. And my dad called me and he said, I think I know, like this is something you need to look out for. He said, this is the big elephant in the room in the NFL and it's going to blow up. And this was way before any anything like the movie came out the book came out and so uh, i remember telling my dad's sister my aunt about that and she was like she was amazed when everything kind of and so my dad to donate his brain that was pretty cool like i'm really proud of that and uh they did when they came back it came back positive for the for the tau protein and, and he knew like it wasn't like it was a big yeah. secret so uh but it was it was disheartening to see that but my dad i watched film of him i've got i've seen him play when he was at kansas blocking for gail sayers yeah uh when he played for ottawa and he was a very physical guy. He led with his shoulder, and he he hit his head. So the head's getting... He told me stories about making really big blocks and then waking up two days later in the middle of a speech for 99 Roses in Ottawa, you know? And he didn't even know where he was so in his speech. So two days, Gus, Two days, he has no memory. idea what he was doing leading up to that, My between God. the game and that speech. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Jed Roberts with some memories of his dad, Jay, who uh, passed away from cancer in, in 2010, but clearly he had signs of, uh, you know, some sort of brain injury and then eventually was found to have CTE. So uh, it, it, it is pretty scary. It is serious. And it's one of those things that makes me wonder if there's ever something that, that brings down, you know, the NFL or really changes the sports landscape, you wonder if it's going to be something like, uh, you know, a massive lawsuit from ex-players, which we have seen launched and and are, are often in the news or they come and go out of the news cycles. The, the, other, the other side to that is... As as much as we know that, whether it's your brain or not, you know that being a pro athlete or a high-level athlete for any length of time puts an incredible strain on your body and can lead to lifelong uh, pain. Whether it, it, now the, the, Obviously, the, the mental-type injuries that we're talking about, I suppose in a different category than the physical injuries, but there are uh, dehabilitations that, that take place. As a result, 
Rob Brown, who I uh, work with, you know, talks about back pain. Kelly Rudy, who we have on the show once a week during hockey season, you know, still has uh, ankle pain and difficulty standing and stuff like that. And I think now if you're growing up and and want to play pro football, I, I don't think... You know, you, you'd have to be pretty ignorant to not think that you're you're putting your brain at risk, right? Now, the other side of that is there's in in our society in this in this era of humanity, uh, athletes are celebrated. They can often make a heck of a lot of money, uh, have you know comfortable lives because of that. You know, have uh, status and privilege within society. And I'm not saying you have to agree with that, but let's be honest. That's pretty much the way it is. Um, if you went up to you know a, a 20-year-old or a 16-year-old who might be on the verge of making the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, and said, you're going to do this, and you're probably going to make at least this much money, and you're going to be adored, and fans are going to cheer for you, uh, but there's a good chance you are going to you know die at 55 instead of 85. Or you are going to, uh, you know, when you hit 60, your brain's really not going to work that well. I, I wonder how many people would still say, no, I want to play. I want to excel at this, right? And, and, and that's the thing. If you, if you love something and you have to have a chance to do something in the world that is perceived as special and unique, would you give up that opportunity to do it even if you know the risk involved? And I think, you know, a lot of athletes do know the risk involved, more so than ever, and we're probably going to get continued knowledge about it. But, you know, a lot of players when their career ends it's it's often not by their own choice or it's not pretty and, and i get back to jed roberts who was in studio yesterday and the full interview which was fascinating is on the inside sports page on 630 chet.com he recalled with great detail his final play in the canadian football league in 2002 home opener i was on a point after attempt i was the tight end i don't know whose bright idea it was on the coaching staff to put the deaf guy in at tight end and because what happens if the holder which was jason moss he bobbled the snap and so we had to he had to yell fire I and mean, the deaf guy didn't hear it so i'm the only guy who was an eligible receiver who didn't go out for a pass when he yelled fire because i couldn't hear it right and uh, I just happened to look back because I usually time it up in my head like the kick should have happened by now and it hadn't happened. I looked out the corner of my eye while I'm engaged with an Ottawa player and realized that Jason's heading my way with the football. So I went back and tried to drive the guy back into the end zone so I could make some room for Jason. Well, he gets tackled into me from behind with two guys on top of him. So I had three three players land on the back of my foot and had uh, dislocated my foot and, and compound fracture of the tib-fib. And uh, I knew right away it went. It went like, you know, dry kindling. You could hear it pop. And um, when everybody got up, which took, I think it seemed like five minutes, but it was more like probably 30 seconds. But I got up and I looked at my foot, which was essentially backwards. So I started harping off the field. And the referee grabbed me and he pulled me down just before I got to the sideline. He says, go down, man. Like, your foot is wet. Oh, it's making me sick. I said, it's not making you sick. What do you think I feel? <laughs> so, oh, my. So, yeah, Jason was the first person to come see me in the hospital, though. He had tears in his eyes, and he was apologizing to me. I'm like, what are you apologizing to me for, man? And he said, well, you know, your foot's broken. I said, well, it's not your fault. Like, it's just the way it goes. I've played for 13 years, no regrets. I appreciate it, though. 
There you go. Jed Roberts played for 13 years. No regrets. Won a great cup in 1993. He was an awesome guest in studio last night. Blue Jays up 4-1 on Oakland. We're in the bottom of the seventh. We'll talk a little uh, junior football. Ian McLean and the Husky, they're, they're going to play a, a regular season game in Ontario this year. They're in the Prairie Football Conference, but they're going to Ontario for a game. I want to find out about that. And the uh, big ITU Edmonton Triathlon is coming up this weekend. President and GM of that event and recent inductee into the Edmonton Hall of Fame Sheila O'Kelly is going to join us all ahead on Inside Sports. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. 7:20 Tomorrow Mark Spector has his uh, annual golf tournament to help out Sports Central. I'll be uh, heading to that to grab Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, so you'll hear that on the show tomorrow night, and I'm going to be attending the uh, news conference in the morning for the big uh, UFC event. That's coming to town September 9th. They're going to have a couple champions in, so uh, you'll hear that as well. Working on a couple other big-name guests as well, so it's going to be a fun show tomorrow. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. You can text 630 you can also uh, give me a call, 780-496-0063. Just run through those hockey notes again from today. If you missed them earlier, the Canadians get defenseman Mark Streit. One-year deal worth $700,000. These other three cases all involve uh, players avoiding arbitration. You got the New York Rangers and Mika Zibanejad signing five years, annual average value $5.35 million. Buffalo Sabres getting goaltender Robin Leonard for one more year, $4 million, and the uh, Avalanche and Matt Nieto avoid arbitration one year, $1 million. So uh, no arbitration cases there. All right. The uh, game, co- we have Travis Lule on the show, by the way, first hour. That was fascinating to have him on the show. He has uh, been brilliant the last two weeks for the BC Lions, helping them win four in a row. Of course, Mike Riley was once an understudy to Travis Lule, now playing against him this weekend. I'm excited to play against Trav. You know, we were talking yesterday. Uh, it's been a while since we played against each other. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great challenge for us, and uh, it's going to be a great challenge for them, too. You know, the Eskimos and a lot of football teams will have the approach, the next game on the schedule is uh, always the biggest game of the year, and you try not to put uh, too much emphasis on any one game, especially if it's earlier in the season. You want to have that one game at a time, keep learning type mentality. But head coach Jason Moss admits, yeah, it's not just another game this Friday. Yeah, you won't hear that from me. I personally believe that you find, I I said it when we played Ottawa, there's some games you try to find motivation for. If you can't get up for this one and understand that this one's different, it's 4-0 meets 4-1, it's for first place, it's for the season series. You look for, you live for moments like this. And I told our guys at the beginning of the week, you've put yourself in this position, so love it, own it, you know, make the most of this. Get our crowd excited about coming here to watch us win and defend your turf. You know, you don't, it's not just another week. I mean, you, you try to say that, but we're all human. And when the games get bigger because you're winning, you gotta, you gotta love that part. But again, I go back to, if you're gonna do that for this one, the next one's gonna be just as important. The next one's, gonna, but I, I fully believe in playing with that energy and that thought in your mind that, hey, you've put yourself in this position. Let's see what we do with it now. And you learn from every one of these things because playoff games are different. All these games become different. So, you know, 
this is the only game this week where it's 4-0 versus 4-1 for first place. There's something to that. You always want to test yourself against the best. And, you know, I feel like we're both playing really good football. We're playing in our house, which we want to defend. We want to win this damn season series. Um, there's so much riding on this game, and I want our guys to feel that. I want them to feel that energy of someone coming into your building, trying to even this series, trying to win, get to first place. I want that feeling in our locker room. I want our guys to feel the need to win this game and the want to to win this game. So uh, I don't play that game where, oh, it's just another one on our schedule. It is, but hell, I mean, let's let's own the moment and let's live, live up to it. So that's the way, I, the way I've approached this week. And we'll see what happens. I mean, I like our chances. Head coach Jason Moss, as usual, uh, passionate, fiery, ready to go, and uh, you know, interesting attitude, saying let's let's treat it like a big game. Let's see let's see what we can do. And uh, it is an important one. And it, uh, he makes a good point about the season series. It's week six in the CFL. You already have a chance. They do play the Lions again later on in the season, but you already have a chance to lock up the season series against a very good divisional foe. So you'll know moving along if they if you wind up tied at the end of the year with the BC Lions, you already got that tiebreaker. I think that's something very important to remember. We have uh, Dino on the open line. Dino, thanks a lot for calling. Hi, Reed. This is my second call to your program. I enjoy it, but I stay off the phone. Okay. The last time I spoke to you, I uh, dealt with the, um, Neil Yakupov uh, when everybody wanted to get rid of him, and I said you don't give a, you haven't given the guy a chance to play, and of course they haven't done that. Anyway, uh, that's history now because he's on, uh, moved on to St. Louis, and now he's out, uh, going to be playing against the Oilers. Uh, the he's on Colorado now. I'm sorry. He's on Colorado now. Yeah. Well, he'll be playing against the Oilers. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. My uh, my phone just clicked. Um, okay. Here's the question: Were you able to watch the uh, the football game between Toronto and Ottawa yesterday? Off and on. I had it on while I was working, and then I saw. I was able to see the end when I got home. Right. Well, the ending was fabulous. Now, everybody thinks Toronto is the uh, center of the universe. And uh, they have uh, now, they got a nice field. They have a good coach. Uh, someday they'll get a good team. But when will they get sufficient spectators to watch their team play? I was looking at the stands, and half of the stands were empty. Yeah, it was embarrassing. I don't, I don't, to answer your question, I don't think they ever will. I, I, I honestly am starting to think it's hopeless. Well, yeah, but uh, why then have a, a team in Toronto? Because I think the CFL, every commissioner that comes in and every owner that comes in thinks they're the one that's going to make it work, uh-huh. and they want a team there because there are so many people and there are so many yeah. b- you know, big businesses and advertising places that, that call Toronto home, and, and I think that they, they think the CFL needs a team there. And I do think, in general, it works better as a nine-team league than an eight-team yeah. league, uh, well, and I don't know I where else they that. would put a team. Well, yesterday they had uh, uh, the, the team that uh, Doug Flutie played with uh, uh, at the halftime uh, show. And uh, at the end, well, along the program, uh, Doug was uh, talking with uh, Chris uh, Cuthbert and uh, I don't remember the other fellow's name. And he said how excited he was to play for Toronto. And back then in those days, they played football. And they won. They won lots of games. Now, yesterday's game was good because it was a seesaw battle and it ended in the last second 
by the field goal by the um, kicker. And I think Toronto's got a decent team this year, Dino. I really do. Well, yeah, and they have a good coach. So why not support the team? The only if Edmonton uh, Eskimos went on the field, and you only had fifteen thousand people in the stands, what do you think the players would think? Is it worth playing for this uh, crowd? Dino, you're preaching to the choir, but a lot of people have tried to fix it, and it remains a problem. I got to run, though, buddy. I appreciate okay. your passion, and thanks for thanks. calling. Seven twenty-eight. Good call from Dino. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Coming back uh, with uh, Ian McLean from the Edmonton Huskies. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, Riley, the Eskimos getting ready for the Lions on Friday night. Got a text here to 630-630 from Dave Leppard, who says maybe the Argonauts could relocate to Evansburg. It's a nice place, and they could probably draw the same amount of fans as they do in Toronto. You never know, LOL. Not a bad idea. I think Evansburg could support a CFL team. Might need a stadium. I don't know if the uh, Grand Trunk High School field is quite equipped. I don't even know if they have any. When, when I was there, there were, were there were no bleachers. Would you call it the Pemina Bowl? Uh, <laughs> because the river is there, right? The river so. is the river is there. The river is there. It divides Evansburg and Entwistle. It's quite a, it's quite a lovely location. I, I, they'd probably have to find a sponsor to the stadium. Maybe a Jack and Judy Stadium. Joe's Auto Repair Stadium, something like that. I hope those are Evansburg businesses. Well, they were Evansburg businesses. I hope they are still Evansburg businesses. I haven't lived in the town for over 20 years. Anyway, it's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It's 735. Pleased to welcome to the show Ian McLean. He's the head coach of the Edmonton Huskies junior football team. Ian, how's it going, buddy? Good, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I appreciate you making time for me because I know you're ramping up. Has camp already started or is it later this week? Well, we've started up. we got guys going through registration all, making sure all the medical stuff's taken care of, and uh, going into team meetings in here in about 15 minutes. We're getting our uh, our beginning-of-the-year meeting and all of our offensive and defensive stuff kicked off. Oh, geez. Okay, you're really generous with your time doing this right before a meeting, so I appreciate uh, that. Hey, I'm, um, the co- I'm the head coach. I don't do much. I just get to hear and run the show. i got coordinators that take care of all the hard stuff. <laughs> just delegate. That's right. Um, Justin Pearson. Sold the winning 50-50 ticket. I got to meet him. Right, look, I know it's kind of a random thing, but that was uh, pretty fun for Justin, wasn't it? Yeah, it was funny, too, having a, having a raw rookie right out of high school go through and uh, one of his first 50-50 experiences is going through a crowd like that. Lots of people, and uh, yeah, he, he's a good kid. I was joking with him at the, uh, at the presentation that it's a good thing he's a decent player. I'm not worried about cutting him because that would be awkward <laughs> if he went through that and he wasn't on the team, but... No, he's a good player, and it was a fun experience for him. I think it's something that he'll remember for a long time. Of course, we're talking about the uh, $435,000 jet, well, almost four hundred thirty-six, won by Quentin and Samantha Eberts of uh, Sherwood Park. That was announced, uh, well, one week ago today, actually. Uh, you and I got to talk briefly at Commonwealth Stadium as well. G- give me a sense of, because obviously that the the other half of that money, the other 436000 gets divided up for minor football, junior football, uh, the U of A. G- give me a sense uh, on how that 50 mid-50 money helps because running a junior football program is certainly not lucrative. And, uh, you, you, you know, I'm sure every team could use a little bit more funding. So just give fans a sense of some of the expenses you have that that can help with. Well, I mean, the 50-50 is so critical for our livelihood. I mean, without it, we wouldn't exist. 
Uh, our team this year, first game of the season, August 12th, we get in the plane, we fly to Windsor, Ontario, and play play out there for a game. Uh, later on in the season, we go to Winnipeg. We have we have a lot of expenses when it comes to just operating on a yearly basis. And then you put on top of that all the, the equipment and everything that it takes to run a team and do things properly. Uh, making sure that you have all of your equipment certified and everything done on a yearly basis is, is something that's not cheap. And uh, without the Eskimos, we wouldn't exist. And then you throw on top of that the commitment to Northern Alberta football. Uh, we reap the benefits of having such a great organization, the Edmonton Eskimos, in northern Alberta. Uh, they are committing and they are helping develop our crop of players that come in uh, through their commitments to, to minor football and all the things they do. So it's, it's an amazing opportunity we have in the city with such a great CFL team. All right. I'm glad you brought up the uh, the trip to Windsor because this was uh... – this was one of my primary questions. I, I look. I, I'm going to be honest with you. you know, like I, you know, I I interview you. I, I follow you guys as close as I can. I'm, but I've, I'm not an expert with junior football. And I knew about this game. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Like, is this is this interleague play? And do we really? I don't want to put you in a tough spot, but I feel like asking, like, do we do we really need this? Do we really need games against Ontario teams? Or what's the what's the situation here? Well, the CJFL is a national league, so there's, there's three conferences. There's the PFC, which is the one we play in, obviously. That's, that's uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta. There's the BC League that they play against each other out there. And Ontario. Ontario was out of the league for a couple of years. They, they decided they wanted to bring some older players, and they, they went out there on their own. And I'm pretty sure that they're back in the league and they're back to the uh, run-under policy. So what the league decided to do is go forward and try to create some promotion stuff for the league and some other this year, two teams in BC played two of the PSE teams, and this year the Ontario, the entire Ontario conference is going to play all the teams in the PSE. So everybody has a chance to do a regular season game, and we're just lucky enough to be the first ones that get to go out and fly off to Windsor and go play a game there. Okay, well that's that's interesting. Um... Uh, again, I don't want to put you in a tough spot. I, this is me saying this, not you. I'm, I'm not sure if I like this. Uh, I'll, I guess we'll see how it works. I think there's obviously some travel and, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff involved that I don't know creates it is is great for competitive balance and fairness. But you're going to do it. You're going to put the work in. So does it, but this game totally counts in 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 the standings. And it, I mean, your playoff your playoff hopes could hinge on maybe how you did in a game against a team in another conference. Yeah, I mean, it is a new thing. It's, it's obviously something that it's, uh, it's brand new. It's the second year we've done it, and it's true. It's a regular season game, and we're going out there. And uh, to be honest, one of the concerns that we have a bunch of prairie boys going out to go play in the humidity. So we'll hopefully, it's, I'm cheering for 22 degrees and overcast, but I've been to that part of Ontario, and it can get pretty pretty humid and hot. So it's something that we're preparing for. And when it comes down to it, the, the conversation we have with the guys every practice, every game is, you got to play within yourself. You got to make today the best day that you have, and you, you got to go out there and take all the elements, throw them out, and just go out there and perform. So we're addressing it early. We're getting ready. Uh, we, we're known as a team that works pretty hard in practice and make sure the guys are in shape. So that, that'll be a test. It's going to be a. It'll be a very massive test for the guys and their mental fortitude and going out there and playing some very good athletes from Southern Ontario. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. That'll be pretty interesting. Uh, in terms of other stuff, I mean, I. Uh believe you guys were 6-3 and three last year, so pretty good regular season. Was it Calgary you met in the semis? You have refreshed my memory with the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah, we were 6-3 and three in the regular season. Uh, we uh, we lost by one point to Calgary uh, with, a, with a last-minute uh, 
Last minute touchdown. We got the whole game. So it's something that uh, hasn't exactly made it a fun off season. It's something that's definitely on the minds of everybody in the organization, players and coaches. Uh, we're pretty proud of how we do things over here. We're pretty proud of how we treat players and how, what they, what their expectations are. And we got a lot of guys that are chomping at the bit to get out there and, and go out there and finish the next business this year. Okay. Uh, I mean, there can, sometimes there can be massive changeover in junior sports. Pick, pick, a, pick a specific sport. What are we looking at continuity-wise here for the Huskies? Well, I mean, offensively, we're really lucky. We have a, an all-Canadian quarterback who's going to his fifth year, uh, which is something that I think any team would love to have. Brad Lawner from Facey High School, he's been uh, just set a very high standard for all of our players, especially at that quarterback spot. So Brad coming in for his fifth year is huge. And we have a fifth-year tailback as well. So Jimmy Airy, again, out of our draws in high school, he's, he's a guy who's putting a lot of work and been successful on the field. And we're expecting a lot of him this year. Uh, as far as transition goes, I mean, offensively, we're, we're looking pretty good. I'm pretty, I'm very happy with the continuity we have, but also with the guys, that, the younger guys that are coming in to push for playing time and push those veterans. That's something that I want to see uh, at, at all times. Defensively, a lot more transition. Uh, we had um, a big core of our defensive back group go on to university uh, and then we had a few we, we had about 15 guys in university last year so that's a good thing that i'm happy about and proud we're, we're, we're very known for doing that for our players uh but obviously it makes it a little more difficult for me we got to find some young guys to push uh, the nice thing about it is the attitude every year every practice is best 12 guys are on the field so it doesn't matter to me what year you're in what school you're from all those things it's the best 12 guys who give us the best chance to win so with that mentality, it, it, it translates to the players, and the competition is always very, very high. So I'm excited to see the compete level this weekend. All right. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to following you guys. I'm, I'm curious to see how the game in Windsor is going to go. Uh, and obviously, uh, the the Wildcats are our big rival. We're going to have Darcy, their head coach, on tomorrow night uh, because I always hope both Edmonton teams are able to do well. Ian McLean, thank you so much for checking in. We'll keep in touch throughout the season, and all the best, man. No problem. I really appreciate the. Uh, the, the attention to us and making it so people have an idea of what's going on over here. We're pretty proud of how we do things and appreciate the support. Right on. That is Ian McLean, head coach of the Edmonton Huskies. He's going into meetings at the top of the hour, training camp, getting rolling there. So really appreciate him making time for us. It is 7.44. The big triathlon coming up this weekend right here in Edmonton. One of the driving forces behind that recent inductee into the Edmonton Hall of Fame, Sheila O'Kelly. Coming up next, this is going to be fun. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 746 Inside Sports on 630 Chet. I just got a uh, text message here complaining about 50-50 selling at Eskimos games. I want to read it. This person who didn't sign their name says, I don't get why no one talks about the pathetic system for selling 50-50 at Esk games. It's either watch the game or buy 50-50. You can't do both. There are so many ways to do it better. Wow, there's an eye roller, eh? Uh, You know what? That was a huge 50-50 jackpot a couple of weeks ago. There were undoubtedly going to be massive lineups. It was better organized than the other big 50-50 they had a couple of weeks ago or a couple of years ago. Um, sometimes you just have to go early, and if you don't get there early enough, then 
yeah, you might have to miss part of the game to buy uh, 50-50. My uh, good old mother, who loves the Eskimos and hates the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, buys a 50-50 every game. Uh, I don't think she's ever missed a snap because she knows the time to go get it and uh, how to go get it. So, I mean, look, I, I don't know who you are texting that in. I don't think you've texted the show before. Uh, I, I'm going to apologize in advance for sounding insulting, but that is a very ignorant and entitled text. Well, I had an inconvenience buying a ticket, so the whole system's broken. I mean, come on. I mean, certainly there's more to you than that. I'm, I'm guessing you're probably a better and more intelligent person than, than you just acted in that text. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and you do have to attend the game to buy the 50-50. That's the whole point. People were asking, could you, uh, you know, could you not go to the game and buy? No, the point is they want you to go to the game and uh, and then buy a ticket. All right. Uh, Kellen, are we working on Sheila? May have to reschedule with Sheila. Well, I hope we get Sheila on the show. That's going to be interesting to talk to her. All right, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630 630. Uh, all right, so, some interesting text messages coming in. Not all of the... I got to tell you, if you send a funny text, I probably think that it's funny. Some of you are a little cheeky and a little borderline in terms of uh, what I can and can't read on air. So everything everything gets read. Don't worry about that. The Eskimos uh, practicing. I, I think there are three players we want to keep in mind about their uh, statuses as we uh, move towards the game on Friday. Dequan Bowers on the defensive line, Blair Smith, a linebacker, and Kendall Lawrence, kick returner, as injuries continue to mount for the green and gold. They, uh, they're not really getting... Well, I guess we'll see as we move along. I don't know if they're really getting healthier as we uh, finish up, as we move towards the end of the first third of the season. Um, but they've been adapting so far. They've been able to stay in it in close games, and uh, we'll see if they're able to uh, stick with it as we move along. Kellen, I'm going. That, is that the right number for sure? Yeah, that's that is the right number. All right. So, well, we may not get Sheila Kelly, which is uh, disappointing because the big triathlon is coming up this weekend. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text us. Uh, to 6.30, 6.30. We had Travis Lule on the show earlier. A pleasure to talk to him. The This, this is the, the interesting thing about the, the BC Lions, and not just the BC Lions. Wherever Wally Buono has gone, he has been successful. I mean, really, the only time he had bad teams was the end of his tenure in Calgary where there was the, the wacky ownership situation and the owner forced him to have his son on the team. As it, was that Federick? I think it was Kevin Federick was the, was the player. Uh, and then, then then he went to the BC Lions. And Wally Buono, whenever I've interviewed him, he's always so interesting. He's Because, he's, he's, you know, we'll have people say, why does the coach get players fired? Why does the coach motivate guys? And Wally Buono has said, I, it's not my job to motivate guys. They're all, they're all men. They're all at it. They're all... Adults, they should know how to do their jobs and how to prepare for games. And he said, "It's not my job to micromanage how they prepare. Maybe one guy needs a two-hour nap before his games. Maybe one guy needs to listen to thrash metal for two hours before he goes out on the field to get fired up." Wally Buono doesn't dictate that. He says, "Whatever you do to be prepared to play, I trust that you should be able to do that. So go do that." And 
as, as Travis Lule has said and as Wally has said in past interviews, and this is what I find fascinating about building a team and the, the human side of it because the stats and, as, as Lule said, the stats and the heights and the weights and, you know, your long jump and all that stuff can only take you so far. And for Buono, it often comes down to who you are as a person. How do you handle adversity? How do you react to tough situations? Lule told the story of throwing an interception and Buono didn't go over and yell at him or say, you're an idiot or what was the coverage? He just went up to him and said, I hope you're from the school of hard knocks. So what he's telling his player is, okay, you just threw an interception, costly, maybe cost us the game. It was late in the game. What are you going to do about it? Now we got a week of practice. Are, are you ready to put the work in? And, of course, that involves, yes, looking at the film, looking at your mechanics and all that kind of stuff. But I think Buona was saying it has to start with that attitude, that I want to succeed as a pro football player and now a member of the BC Lions. So as a coach, I might give you the tools to do that or the instruction to do that, but it has to start with your willingness to do that. And that might sound like a very simple thing, but I think you all know as you go through life, uh, it's not always that simple, and I'm sure you work with or know people who haven't been able to adopt uh, ad- adopt that attitude and adapt to difficult situations. And that's what and I interviewed Buono last year, and I asked him about Riley and Lule and all these games, you know, great players he's had. And I said, you know, how do you do it? How do you have all these good quarterbacks? And what did he say? He says, a lot of guys can throw the ball pretty well and read defenses pretty well, right? So how do you find the guy that's that's going to succeed? And he's had that, you know, with Riley, with Lule, uh, clearly other guys. We can go, we can, you know, Garcia, Dickinson, whoever you want to pick. Guys that can lead have the composure, and can handle the adversity. And that's the beautiful thing that I hope we continue to appreciate about Mike Riley is, you know, he might show frustration. He threw the, you know, he banged his helmet down that one time coming off the field against Hamilton. Yeah, he gets upset. But when the work is out there to be done, he does the work and he stays in the moment. And I'll never forget asking Riley a couple years ago, how are you so good at at handling adversity? Where does that come from? And you know what? I think for Riley, I think a large part of his, he was born with it. I mean, his dad was his football coach and taught him a lot about the game. But I think his dad would also tell you that not all of that is learned. Some of that Mike just had. And when I asked Mike about how do, how do you handle the, the bad stuff, he, he, like, he didn't really have an answer. I mean, he gave me an answer. He's very well-spoken, but he was almost at a loss because he, he's one of those people that can just handle it. And whether it's learned or whether it's inherent in a person, it doesn't matter how you have it, but if you're going to play pro quarterback, you have to have it. You have to be able to brush things off and say, all right, we're in Hamilton we're down five with 45 seconds left. We got to go 74 yards for a touchdown. How am I going to figure this out? You know, am I going to sit here telling myself I'm in a very difficult situation where you're more likely to fail, or are you going to figure out how to execute the 10 or 20% chance you have a victory? So to get back to Buono, that's the attitude, that's the base attitude he wants in his players, and then he can build build from there. I don't know. I find it very interesting. Uh, Colton says, hi, Reed. Is there a way a person could listen to Oilers now if you missed it? (laughs) 
Colton, Colton listened to an entire episode of Inside Sports just to ask a question about another show. Uh, no, seriously, Colton, go to 630Ched.com. There's a shows page, and you click on Oilers Now, and it has all the past shows. And on iTunes, you can sign up for the Oilers Now podcast, and then you can get all the stuffer you want all the time. Well, that's a scary thought, isn't it? You can even listen to it on demand, which is even scarier. So you can listen to like the same 10-second chunk over and over again if you wanted. <laughs> Uh, Dan texting in, he says, Hi, Reed. I was at the last Eskimos game. I got there half hour before the game, was in line for 20 minutes, never pissed a, uh, oh my God, never missed a play. Uh, so please uh, relay to God's gift to 50-50 sales to quit blaming his poor planning on the Eskimos organization. Just curious how many plays he or other people missed standing in line for 14 beers. Love the show. That's from Dan. Oh, I love it. I love it, Dan. Getting all ornery. Sometimes you got to do that. Jay's up 4-1 on Oakland. They're going to the ninth. I want to thank our guest tonight, Ian McLean from the Edmonton Huskies, Brian Blessing from the Vegas Hockey Hotline, and Lions quarterback Travis Lule will try to uh, reschedule with Sheila Kelly before the triathlon on the weekend. The producer of the show, Dave Campbell, the studio producer this evening, the one and only Kellen Kennedy. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. We'll uh, have a fun show tomorrow. Should be able to get uh, something from Todd McClellan on. He's golfing tomorrow at the quarry. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.